You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So, good morning. It's lovely to be with you all. And, oh, thanks, Ian. The clicker. Um, Yeah, it's great to be with you, whether you're here in person or whether you're watching over the live link or maybe even listening later on the podcast. And for those who don't know me, my name's Elizabeth. Um, I think I've been a member at Oasis now for about four years, not quite sure. Um, And um, I'm grateful to Joe and the leadership team for giving me an opportunity this morning to talk about two things that I'm passionate about, and that's trees and human flourishing. And I hope to be able to show you how those two things relate. So, um, let's check the clicker's working. Yeah, lovely. So, my love of trees um, goes right back to my childhood. Um, The late John O'Donoghue, much-loved Irish poet and philosopher, said that our soul, the essence of who we are, if you like, is formed by the landscape of our lives. And growing up as I did in a garden city and now living in Bath, the landscape of my life has been trees. The Franciscan Richard Rohr um, believes that long before the Bible and the church came to be, that actually nature has been revealing God. And he refers to God's sacred book of nature, sacred book of nature, a work of art that's available to everyone to read and so then to discover something of the artist. I really like that idea, and I think that's true of trees for me. So trees have been vital, I think, to human thriving, back to our earliest ancestors, providing shade and shelter, food, firewood, even medicine and dye stuffs. And there are still trees in existence in Britain that are thousands of years old. I was astonished to discover that there's a yew tree somewhere in the corner of a tiny churchyard in North Wales um, that was around in the Bronze Age. And I don't know, I'm sure some of you will have been to the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel, and some of those trees there were probably saplings when Jesus was alive. And it's amazing to just imagine for a moment what those ancient trees have seen. And of course we live in an era of climate crisis and I think it's generally acknowledged now that trees play a vital role in global oxygen, carbon and water cycles. They're the very stuff of life, if you like. And our lives too are full of things made of trees, aren't they? I did a quick tally at home. Doors, furniture, flooring, chopping boards, spoons, books, newspapers, even clothes made from trees. And it's hard to imagine a world without trees, isn't it? And they're there, of course, also in the Bible, right through the arc of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, I read this, that after God and people, there are more references to trees in the Bible than to any other living thing. Not many people know that. Um, And I just want to read to you now um, Daniel's stunning vision of the tree of life. Behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. 
the beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I think life in all its fullness really is there in that tree, isn't it? But for me, it was really um, a couple of lines from Psalm 1 that first kindled my reflections on the links between trees and human flourishing. So this is what the first few lines of Psalm 1 have to say. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So those lines, like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, just conjures up for me such an image of rootedness and flourishing, It reminds me of a really special tree that I came across on a walk in North Wales once when I was on retreat. And it was an ancient oak with massive limbs, some broken, some still reaching for the sky. Its trunk was broad and split, the bark gnarled and heavy. There were acorns and even tiny saplings between its roots. And it had that kind of sacred presence that ancient trees often do, that sense of permanence in the midst of whatever life threw at it. And just like us, that oak tree had seen seasons of plenty and seasons of trial. It had suffered disease and brokenness, yet there it stood in all its glory, still pushing out new shoots, still offering shade and shelter, still bearing fruit, still rooted and fed by unseen sources of water and nutrients. And as I looked at that tree, I had such a strong sense of God saying to me, here is a picture of a life well lived, life in all its fullness. And I hope one day that I'll look a bit like that oak. (laughs) Um, So there are five things that I think we can learn from trees about what we need to flourish, even in the inevitable ups and downs of life that we face. Um... The first one is, as it says in Psalm 1, we need to be planted by streams of living water, plugged into the source of the water of life, which is the love of God. You may remember um, Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. She was an outcast, and he saw her need to be loved and accepted. And he promised her that whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And last week, um, I was very struck when Rob quoted from Bishop Jean Robinson's powerful response to the question, what would you say to someone who asked you, what must I do to be saved? And Bishop Jean's response was, believe that God loves you beyond your wildest imagining and begin to live your life as if that were true. And somehow I think that's a pretty good paraphrase of what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well. So what can we do if we want to stay plugged into the source of the water of life? Well, a friend pointed out to me um, just recently that this church is called Oasis. And if there is one place you can be sure to find water, it's at an oasis. 
So maybe being part of this community is a good place to start. Um, the second thing is that a tree needs strong roots. Did you know that the roots of a healthy tree are at least as deep and wide as the branches are high and broad? It needs those roots, doesn't it, to withstand the storms and droughts that life will throw at it. And so do we. But how do we do that? How do we encourage our roots to go deeper so that we can actually hold on to God's love in dark times? Well, according to Psalm 1, the key is to delight and meditate on God's law or God's word day and night. Um, and I don't know about you, but I take my sleep very seriously, and I can't quite imagine contemplating Scripture 24-7. But I also take the Bible very seriously. And one thing I know that helps me is knowing some words from the Bible by heart so that I can bring them to mind whenever I need them, even if that is in the dark of the night. But at its core, I think rootedness comes back to abiding in love, to trusting in our belovedness, I love these words um, of a prayer of Paul for the church at Ephesus. This is from the message. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, or another version says rooted and grounded in love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. <laughs> Amen. And thirdly, um, there is nourishment, the nourishment that um, the tree needs to receive, not just through its roots, but also through the action of sunlight, which drives the process of photosynthesis in its leaves. Unlike the food we eat, the nourishment that a tree receives isn't visible to the eye, is it? It's only visible in its effects, in the healthy leaves and abundant fruits. And nourishment got me thinking about a line in the Lord's Prayer, give us each day our daily bread. And apparently the Greek word used here for bread is the loaf made from the very finest wheat flour, rather than what people probably usually ate, which was much cheaper and much rougher barley bread, which was even cut sometimes with gravel, so it made people feel full, but it didn't really nourish them. It's only really after our most basic needs are met, isn't it, that we can have the privilege of starting to think beyond the literal meaning of bread and to consider the things that perhaps we need on a daily basis that help us to flourish. Thinking about it, for me, some of those things are times of silence when I can connect with God, deep conversations with friends and family, and time immersed in nature, especially trees, of course. You can probably tell from that that I'm an introvert. <laughs> and I wonder what would be on your list. Probably a very different list. But it's just good to notice, isn't it? What is it that's giving you life? And number four, as it says in Psalm 1, trees yield their fruits in season. And the trees offer us a visual reminder of the seasons of life, the fact that there are times of growth and fruitfulness, but of course there are also times of bare branches and of fallowness. 
we all experience these different seasons in our lives, don't we? And I think that in reflecting on human flourishing, it's really important to acknowledge that some of us will be going through difficult things. And despite the summer outside, it might feel like winter to us. Thriving may seem something really impossible, and the idea of bearing fruit is far from our minds. Being dormant or in the dark doesn't always have to mean that nothing is happening. Especially when um, God is there with us, as he promises. The jay buries acorns to dig up later for food, but typically forgets where it's put them. And then those acorns come up later in the spring as saplings. So perhaps sometimes looking back, it could be that those acorns weren't just buried, that actually they were planted. And so to my final link between trees and human flourishing, and that's the need that we all have for connection and for community. And it's only recently been discovered that trees and other plants are actually connected to one another via this complex underground web of roots and fungi and bacteria. It's a kind of social network um, over 500 million years old, apparently that's often referred to as the wood wide web. <laughs> and the science of it all is still a work in progress. But it is possible that healthy trees are actually sharing nutrients with young saplings and with trees that are failing to thrive. And I think that's such a beautiful image of human connection and community too. I've been reading recently as well about donut economics. We don't have time to go into it in detail today, so do look it up later if you're interested. But suffice to say that in a globalised world with finite resources, we need a new vision for human thriving. One that moves away from this kind of constant drive for growth to one in which the basic needs of all human beings are met. After all, if you think about nature, there's nothing that undergoes constant growth. If we think of that oak tree, well, oak trees take th up to 300 years to grow, but after that, they have 300 years to thrive. Please God, we can work towards a world in which everyone can flourish. So, trees and human flourishing. We've thought about staying close to the source. We've thought about rootedness and nourishment. We've acknowledged that we all live through different seasons and we've finished with connection and community. I wonder if any one of those resonates with you. Um, and maybe you have other ideas that you'd like to add. And if you do, I'd love to chat about it with you sometime. But I think where I want to finish is to go back to the, just the, the simple joy of being amongst trees. And we're going to take a few minutes now with a video of a bluebell wood um, and you can even hear the birds singing as well. And as you watch and listen, I invite you to just um, notice what arises for you. Maybe something this morning will cause you to reflect. Maybe there's something else that you've brought with you today. Um, you might like to think about what it is that helps you to thrive and how you might be able to help others to thrive. Or perhaps you just need to sit in the quiet and to absorb more of the water of love, God's love for you and for all humanity.
We'll probably play this for about five minutes and then I'll close in prayer. Looks so lovely and cool in that woodland, doesn't it? Let's pray. And um, I've adapted this prayer from Unfolding Light. Loving God of living water, creator of trees and author of human flourishing, may we grow tall in your love and bear fruit in abundance for your glory and for the good of the world. May your strength come when we are fragile and vulnerable. May you light the way when we are tempted to prefer the seed we are to the tree we might become. And when the growth is unseen or painful, may we find the courage to go on growing. May your kingdom come in us and through us. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.